You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 162, Fandango 1977. And coming to you from the healthy suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John the Celebrity Matola. Yes, indeed. You are a, a hot commodity in the in the podcast circuit these days, I'm hearing. Hot commodity, Matola. Three podcasts this week. This isn't just number two for me, baby. I'm just getting warmed up. And, and as I said before the show, thank you for making time for the Deep Purple podcast this week <laughs> in your busy schedule. I schedule everything around us. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. So what did you say? Wait a minute. How did you? I was laughing at something that you were saying before think, because you said I think I said episode 160 do <laughs> <laughs> 160 do 60 do coming to you <laughs> Scooby Doo yeah and I was like I was like I'm not gonna we don't start over episodes anymore something, I saw something, you watching we don't start I saw start, you watching me laugh we just, and I'm we like only, is he gonna start it over <laughs> we only start over episodes if it goes really badly like we've done that a few times but it's been a long time since we had to actually start from scratch we blew mm. it so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but yes mm, uh, yeah so I'm, I'm uh, you know so starting what are you doing? starting at the beginning of the month i started eating healthy i decided yeah, what does that consist of i decided well i'm tracking my calories again i'm eating the right things i'm doing my back to working out regularly you know it just after the two-year mark of the of of covid i just looked at my belly and i'm like this is a disgrace and I, i'm more out of shape than i've ever been i feel worse than i've ever felt i i i weigh more than i've ever weighed and i'm just like this is stupid i gotta like you know and you were here what six seven months ago um and you know up to that point i was you know, it wasn't wasn't winning any awards, but I was OK. But ever since we had, um, you know, you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you have Valentine's Day, you have Easter. All those holidays are just filled with candy, 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 sweets and everything. And I just been like stress eating my way through covid for the past couple of years. I'm like, enough is enough. I'm getting back. I'm getting back to at least being, you know, a, you know, a mid, guy in my mid forties, who's not a complete disgrace, um, rather than being a complete disgrace. So more to come on that. Oh, good for you. You know, good for you, Nate. I mean, um, it's about time you look terrible anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding, but no, um, in all, in all seriousness though, it's, um, it's a good thing to get back to, to healthy eating. Um, because it's not even about like, but like all about how you look, it's about how you feel too. Right. I mean, that, there that, are a lot that, of people really that are just like, me. Oh, I, my, my goal weight and you know, Oh, my yeah. pants. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's great benefit too. But I mean, it's like, like when you start like eating well, um, you just, you just feel better because I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think that most people agree that I'm, I'm pretty, uh, ravishing and, um, <laughs> no, but, um, but I mean, I've never really been like uh, super overweight at all. But there are times when I've eaten and people are like, oh, you look fine. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like ass. So right, it's right. just like, 
So it's not even the point, like even if you don't gain weight or look a certain way, you know, it's just like eating healthy just makes you feel more energized. And so, so, so what is this day, day two? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I kind of started on Sunday, but went really serious yesterday. And um, that's great. All you right. know, and I think at the end of the day, I'm just like, I'm not like starving or anything. I just I look at my calories. I'm like, wow, I get calories to spare. And this is great. I'm still having a beer. I, I ate really healthy today. So I'm still having a beer with the show. All right. Just try. I'm basically the only thing I really need to focus on. I mean, I want to get a little more physical activity, but just to stop shoving sweets into my mouth every single second of the day. <laughs> It's like that's, that's, that's that thing. is a struggle. You know, I do I do it in the afternoon at work. I do it at home. I do it at the end of the day, and it's just it's yeah. Like I, I just got to stop. It's it's it was it's my stress coping mechanism. I guess it could be a lot worse, but like you said, it's I, I'm not like so vain that I give a crap really what I look like. It's just like yeah, I I'm tired of feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah, but once you also once you start to eat better, you'll notice too that you just naturally look better. Like even if like the the scale doesn't you know, tip all the way to the other side. It's yeah. like you just, once you feel healthier, you just, you have that whole glow about you too. So that's like, um, you know, a great benefit. Um, you know, plus the fact that it's like, um, it, it's going to be hard for you too, because I mean, you know, you got like, like me, I could just like, if I, I'm like, that's it. And then I'll empty out the pantry of like all mm-hmm. bad things, right? You can't do that because you got four other people that live there, and I'm sure yep. if you got rid of certain and things, the kids would raise hell. That's honestly the worst part of it because they come home with their, all their Halloween candy. They go to bed, and I'm like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just have one Snickers. Oh, I'll just have a Twix. I'll just have a Kit Kat. Before you know it, I've had like 12 little mini bars or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, and, I, and then I feel <laughs> like crap, <laughs> but I'm like, I just can't stop myself. So yeah, I'm, oh, try, sugar, I'm trying my best. Man. Yeah, sugar and and chocolate for me is is very hard to to resist. But Jen went to IKEA yesterday and she did pick up these um, salty salty licorice, which I'm a big licorice Ooh. fan. Yeah, I wish I can tell is you or not. Black licorice. Yeah. Ugh. Most no. yeah, a lot of people don't like licorice. I love it. Um, this uh, <laughs> there's a there's a slight. Well, it's a product of Finland. Um, but the serving Naturally. size is quite quite wrong. It's like it's just little tiny pieces of. Um, let's see if I open these up. Little tiny pieces of licorice in here. So this is a, this is a little piece of the licorice, and they say, all right, uh, serving uh, cal or cal 100 calories per serving. One serving is two pieces of licorice. Get, I think that that's I think that's wrong. <laughs> in fact, I know no, that's because it said there's only no. three servings in this container, and I'm seeing a lot more than six pieces of licorice in here. So they're already <laughs> off to a bad start. Um, but yeah, um, I do like uh, salty. I don't know how it goes with beer, but let's let's try some out. Mmm, salty licorice. I love it. You know, I had two things today, which um, were different but both interesting. One was dried mangoes, which I know isn't. Mm-hmm crazy or anything like that but i was like surprised at how good it was really good um, yeah the only thing is i wouldn't like i wouldn't chew it like like i i chew anything that it was really chewy and i chew it on my <clears throat> my left side because on my right side i have a, a crown you know and i'm afraid of ever chewing anything really chewy on there because i don't want to you know pull it out or anything but then the other thing was these um i don't know what it was called they were, they were like kettle corn kettle corn like popcorn chips have you ever heard of those kettle corn? They popcorn. were like oh, it's like it's like a chip like, made out of the, the out of the popcorn. Yeah, it was like a like a triangle shaped chip. So it looked like a like a 
corn chip or a tortilla chip or whatever, but it was made out of like, like, like popcorn, but it had mm. like kettle corn seasoning on it or something. It came in a red bag mm. and somebody at work was having it. And I'm like, Oh, I'll try it. And because of the red bag, I thought it was going to be spicy or cheesy or something. And so I was pleasantly surprised when it was, you know, kind of like that sweet salty and everything. And then I'm like, can I have some? Yeah. And then I proceeded to like, you know, dig into my elbow, up to my elbow and just like <laughs> grab the rest of the bag and bring it back to my, to my workstation. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my snacks for the rest of the day. They lasted for about 30 seconds Yep. <laughs> because they're like air, you know, you just pop them in. Yep. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Was, yeah, good stuff. It's hard to go wrong with kettle corn. I, I do like some kettle mm. corn. But you know mm. what else I like? I like people who support the show. And if you want to support the show, you can do so a number of ways. So if you if you listen to the show, we put this this show out there as a free product for anybody to listen to for free. But we just ask that if you receive value from it, you give us a little value back. And uh, you can do so a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You'll get a, a, a round on the Flexitone, which lays dormant here. Got my headband around it right now. But uh, you can get the Flexitone sounded just for you. You can buy some merch at our Etsy store. Uh, you can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Helps support the show. Helps us buy albums. Helps us buy equipment. Helps us buy anything we need for the show. And then you can also donate on Cash App using the dollar sign D-P-P-O-D. D-P-P-O-D. On Cash App, you can send us money that way. And we really appreciate it if you uh, enjoy the show and, and receive some value from it that you uh, support us that way. Um, okay, so speaking of patrons, I'd like to thank our executive level patrons coming in at the $25 Uncommon Man tier. We have Ovis Nakfi at the 2112 Long Live Rock and Roll tier, Mr. Richard Fusey. At the $15 A Light in the Black tier, we have Gerald Kelly. At the 10-pound tier, Dr. Jill Brees. At the turn it up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard mortensen Alan Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and Mikkel Steen. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Gerald Kelly, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Kev Robertson his wonderful children, Matthew, Gareth, and Sarah. Thank you so much to all of you for uh, your generous donations. And speaking of our patrons, Mr. J.J. Stenard, who upped his donation level right before the show last week, um, and we didn't get uh, any word from him in time, writes in uh, to say the reason for uh, upping from $1 to $3 tiers is says, you guys deserve it. Think I received this too late to pass anything on, so no worries. By the way, I liked the Flaming Lips version of Smoke on the Water. Am I canceled? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's John's. Yeah, he put a bunch of laughing emojis right before the am I canceled, so. Um, no, no, I'll forgive it, you know, different strokes. Hey, for the pa the patrons can do whatever they want. It's basically like an anarchistic society on our... Oh, and speaking of which, if you could become a patron, you can join our Discord. Uh, join in the robust and lively discussion on there. You can tell JJ Stenard what you think about the Flaming Lips or uh, anybody else what you think about anything. But everyone so far, the conversation's been all civil and fun and talking about various things Deep Purple related and not Deep Purple related. And uh, if you have a Sirius XM subscription... Then just sign on for that for instant alerts from Peter Gardot about when they're playing anything Deep Purple related on Deep Tracks. <laughs> he will keep up to the minute um, notifications. It's it's really great. Um, I feel like that's probably like his second. He he's taken that on as his second job, just like patrolling like the satellite radio for like anything Deep Purple related, <laughs> and like informing in the world. Exactly. 
And hey, uh, speaking of Peter Gardo, we got something we got to do, and that is... Postcards from the Edge of Connecticut. That's right, folks. We got a um, little mail in the for from uh, Peter Gardo. So I got this in the mail, and of course it's from Peter Gardo. It's not a postcard this time, though. It's actually just a regular old letter. And I hmm. opened it up, and a lot of times with Peter, it's kind of a mystery as to what are you getting. So I got this little post-it, and it says, it says, Nate. How is the protest going, Peter? And I thought, I said, oh, that's weird. So I opened, I unfolded it. It's something from the newspaper. And I'm, I'm reading the back of it. And it's something about a judge. And I'm like, what's going on with this judge? But then I, I turned it over. It's kind of like what I did with that thing he sent with the old person's <laughs> scooter. So I, I turned yeah. it over. And it's, uh, it's a story about sellers on Etsy protesting the uh, fee that they increased. <laughs> so it says, sellers on Etsy protest fee hike. Some vendors on Etsy are halting sales of their items on the site for for a week to protest a hike in the fees. Well, guess what? We we, unvol- we involuntarily participated in the in the protest. We didn't sell okay. anything for a week. Um, <laughs> since Monday, Etsy sellers must pay a 6.5% commission on each transaction, up from the 5% in place since 2018. So there you go, a little, little story. Another reason to close our Etsy store. <laughs> Those those crooks. I know those crooks at Etsy, uh, but thank you very much, uh, Peter Gardo. Uh, always always fun to see that return address. I'm gonna need to rent out a storage space for all the things Peter sent me in the email, or in the mail rather, uh, over the years the show's been on the air. Um, all right, so. Uh, also, just before we get started, check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com if you want to check out any like-minded shows. Uh, we got shows about all sorts of different kind of bands uh, on the network, and John and I are every so often featured on those shows, and they're featured on our shows, so it's a great way to uh, uh, to just kind of uh, check in on, on everybody and how we're doing. All right. <laughs> that was really long. <laughs> what, the song? <laughs> yeah. I was like, the the postcards from the edge segment ended, and it was like, like when's he gonna turn it off? Well, we we can easily fade it on the audio feed for the for the superior audio effect for the uh, mm. YouTubers. I don't know, but this episode might get banned because because who, who knows? Um, in this episode, we're uh, we're tackling uh, something very interesting uh, that I came you know that I've come across and uh, I've held off on. I haven't listen to it i haven't done anything all i did was receive it make a digital uh thing file for it for the for the show and it's remained completely untouched by me and that is fandango so do you know what we're talking about tonight i believe so does this differ from nick simper's fandango yes this is a different fandango this number this is not the fandango album by zz top this is not nick simper's fandango but this uh, is something that we've jokingly referred to as Jolyn Turner's Fandango. Um, <laughs> Jolyn Turner's first band, or I should say first band that he re- released any recordings with. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, pretty excited to, to to get into it because don't have a ton of information. There's not a lot of history about it, um, but it is, uh, I've got the, the CD right here. Fandango right there. 
And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Jolyn Turner's uh, first band. So um, on bass and vocals, we've got Bob Danels. Um, most of his credits are from Fandango. Um, he played on a Brian Connolly album, uh, Brian Connolly from The Sweet, uh, called Hypnotized. On drums, we have Abe Speller, who is now in like a jazz trio. Um, and you can find some information about him on his website, abespellerjazztrio.com. On guitar and lead vocals, of course, none other than Jodlin Turner. On keyboards and vocals, Denny LaRue, who went on to have some writing credits with Ted Nugent and a few others. On piano, clavinet, synthesizer, and organ, we have Joe Delia. He has a lot of, uh, he actually played with Stevie Wonder, the Isley Brothers, Buster Point Dexter, worked on some movie scores. And then my favorite member of this band, without having heard a single note that he's played, um, because like I said, I've been saving it for the show because it's always good to get those reactions. But the guitarist's name, I'll just get, guess what the guitarist's name is. Throw a guess out there. <laughs> I don't, you won't get it, but I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I, I mean, I don't even know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't even come up with a funny name. Um, What's this is my favorite thing. This is what kind of really made me laugh. But his name is Ricky Blakemore. <laughs> and I don't know why that's funny to me that he went from a band because with, it sounds it with, sounds like a poor man's Richie Blackmore. Exactly. He he upgraded from Ricky Blakemore to Richie Blackmore. He he goes by Rick Blakemore on this, but you know I have to call him Ricky Blakemore. I just think that's just great <laughs> that he would be in a band with a guy named Ricky Blakemore before he joined Rainbow. I mean that 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 sounds like like the the Mother's Day episode or like if like what a, one of our moms would call Richie Blackmore. It's like is that that nice man Ricky Blakemore? It's like sure, mom. <laughs> yeah, cl- him, close. And, him and Ian Gillian. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> but yeah, so that so I'm I'm very interested to hear uh, now I'm, uh, he's going to be unfairly compared to Richie Blackmore for a number of reasons. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of other people involved with this. Um, uh, we've got backing vocals, Candy Kurgan. We've got strings arranged. The string arrangements on this album are by David Campbell, who is Beck's father, which is kind of interesting. He has thousands <laughs> of credits on Discog, so he's a he was a, co- a composer, worked with Cher and James Taylor, Billy Joel, all these big names which I wasn't really aware of that. This is a Beck connection, oddly. Um, there's another another jazz bassist, Don Payne, who plays on a few tracks. On congas, we have someone who simply goes by Santos on this album, Walter Santos. Um, guitar is John Tropia, who, who's a guitarist and producer. On saxophone, David Sanborn. He's got hundreds and hundreds of credits, played with B.B. King, James Taylor, all these people. And then on tambourine and drums, Lou Mondelli. So that's all the kind of... Uh, Musicians on it. Engineering this is Gus Mossler, Warren Schatz, who has 500 plus credits on Discogs, um, mastered by Sterling Sound. Producer Neil Portno, who's a bass player, um, songwriter. He was also the he's also currently the president of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, so the Grammys. Um, so the guy who produced this album is the president of the Grammys right now, and. Um, mm-hmm. It was also produced by Dorothy Steiner, who is, this is the only credit for the album. Um, so before we go on, of course, we got to show the artwork here. It's very, uh, very colorful, uh, exciting sort of sleeve here. If I can um, get this thing actually functioning here. There it is. 
So there it is. Fandango. It kind of throws me off with the, um, like the fan, the D goes up and makes like a four. And I'm just like, I don't know what the four is supposed to be representative of, or if it's even supposed yeah. to be a four, but what do you think of this and cover? Like F four or yeah. Fandango. Fandango. Yeah, it does. It does look like an N. So I guess yeah. it's a cursive N, but. What, what this do you think? one looks like, um, it, it, well, it looks like somebody made the logo and took a, a picture of it, which I think is really, um, which is really neat. Yeah, um, like they actually like made it out of metal and then photographed it with the, with the. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It looks like another album cover, but I can't think of which one. Like it looks like another logo. Do you know what I'm talking about or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's it was. I guess it's a very um, of its time. It's a very '70s looking logo. Yeah, but it's different because it's not like this slick looking kind of uh, neon sign or like uh, looking lo like it almost looks like it's trying to be like that '50s style logo, kind of like the the uh, the four on the floor mm -hmm. album cover. Yeah, actually, it does but, look like that. Maybe that's the four is reminding you of. <laughs> Yeah, but except that somebody actually like fashioned it out of like metal or something and took like a photograph of it rather than drawing it out or illustrating it or something, which kind of gives it like a cool, um, um, like, um, I don't know, like <laughs> folksy type of feel. <laughs> folksy. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's like, what was the album? 77? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like disco y, but like not slick looking if that makes any sense so it's it, right. it's kind of cool it's almost like metal on fire or something so it doesn't really look heavy metalish and it doesn't really look disco or anything it just it looks cool so it just looks 70s um, yeah i like it there you go fam damn go um <laughs> the inside there we've got a uh, mustachio joe lynn turner at the top <laughs> and uh, a few other beards and uh beards and mustaches and i i don't i'm not familiar enough with these gents to know who is who which one ricky blakemore is but um it's also a little confusing because they credit as kind of the band proper they credit four guys so i guess kenny larue bob rick so they credit a bunch more people with all these additional so there's a lot we're gonna hear a lot of instrumentation here there's the saxophones and string arrangements and all this sort of stuff so it's a big full album full of musicians but i guess the core band is these four guys but i've seen other pictures too where right. it, it, it has a, a big stretch out where it almost looks like blood sweat and tears or chicago or something with all these guys <laughs> so i don't know like where the core of the band ends and where the and this this is their first album too so maybe after this they expand it a little bit um then you've got the little sleeve for the record joe joe lynn turner that shirt's barely hanging on top three on buttons unbuttoned bottom button unbuttoned um you got a, I, I, I'm getting strong, like, uh, well, I guess this must be the order. Bob, Joe, Denny. It's not a movie poster where they always put the names in the wrong spots. Uh, so that must be oh, there's Ricky on the end. Must be Ricky in the end with all their, their white <laughs> linen shirts on. And they're, they're big. Like, uh, he, he looks like Sib from Boston, the Denny LaRue. He that big, like big throat out hair and the, and the beard. I'm, I'm trying to, because everybody looks like someone, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they all look like someone else, but I'm trying to think like, like, the, <laughs> you know, Rick, Ricky Blakemore looks like, oh. is like, you remember, um, 
You remember what um oh what was his name? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman looked like in Boogie Nights. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the shirt on It's probably who he modeled himself on. He's like, you know, there's this '70s band that nobody heard of, and he's like really underground man. I wanted that's that's a guy I want to look like for my character, <laughs> Ricky Blakemore. I'm gonna be ch- channeling Ricky Blakemore in this. I'm, I'm I'm doing some deep method acting. Walked around oh. listening to Fandango all the time. Well, because, you know, he's got that the shag haircut and he's like he's not he's he's kind of like he's kind of he's not fat, but he's kind of not then either. <laughs> so he's like he's just he's just average. He, he kind of reminds and, me he's got like like it's like he's got like baby he, like he looks like a baby, like not like a baby, but like like really young. You know, he looks like a young kid. Right. Like the way that a teenager is like just kind of got like some of that baby fat still still on, you know, like he's just like a, he's a. He's a he's a robust young man. I don't know how old he would have been at this that, point, but then you got that Denny Denny Larue. He looks just like he looks like a pissed off Bob Ross or something. Um, <laughs> and they have JLT, that handsome bastard. Yeah, that um, little mustachio, pencil mustache. Look that that porn star look, you know. And then I don't know who this guy on the end. He looks he looks like somebody. I think he looks like somebody that I knew once, so it's like I can't really make fun of him. But his face looks like his face looks familiar. But he has the same hair that I believe that my mom had in the <laughs> 1977. I, everyone, yeah, um, the, the mandatory late 70s, early 80s perm that every mom had. <laughs> every mom and every bassist in Fandango, apparently. <laughs> every bassist in Fandango had it. Um, then the reverse side of the sleeve. We've got lyrics to the songs, mm-hmm. standard fare. There's the labels for the record, and then the um, uh, this is on the back of my. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, you always wonder how these decisions made, like these uh, uh, graphics designs design decisions. But this is the back of my CD right here, and it says, you know, it's got a completely different logo that doesn't look anything like this. It's like a really cheesy. It says Fandango, like diagonal, and then underneath it in quotes, it says Fandango, <laughs> as if you couldn't read those block letters they put across the top. Like I could get with like the main logo because it's a little out there they, they might want to put the quotes underneath it in case you couldn't read it but this is like yeah. plain as day capital letters not cursive yeah. or anything and then if they're like fandango it's like a translation oh that's what that is um so that's <laughs> like fandango aka fandango <laughs> this is this like, album oh, is also known as fandango uh, I don't know if maybe they meant like the, the Fandango is the name of the band and Fandango is the name of the album because it's self-titled, but I don't know. All I know is I have never said Fandango this many times before. Um, even in our Thank previous clearing that up, Fandango uh, style music episodes. entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the artwork there. Um, uh, as far as the artwork goes, art direction by Ed Newmark. Uh, who has a few other credits and then Peach Arts designed the logo and they don't have any other credits. So no, no information about Peach Arts. Um, but there you have it. Um, that is uh, that is it. And oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my goodness. I skipped over something. Well, I'm going to get to it right here because we are going to be thanking our um, our core patrons. Um, if I can find it on the sheet here. Um, where is it? 
Okay. Th- thanking our core patrons coming in at the $7.77 keep it warm rat tier. We have Michael Vader. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, Anton Glaving, and Mike Catan. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore. And at the $5.99 nice price tier, we have Fielding Fowler, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, Michael Bagford, and Carl Helberg. And then at the $5 Moneylender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexei the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Will Porter, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Tim Southern Cross Johnson, and... Heyo! Heyo! Forgot to mention at the top of the show, but we got another patron... Michael Boyette joining us at the $5 Money Lender tier. And the reason I didn't thank him at the top of the show is because I haven't got a welcome note from him either yet. So we'll probably have to read that on our next show. Um, but thank you for joining us, Michael. We really appreciate your your support of the show. Looking forward to hearing about how you discovered us and all that sort of stuff uh, when we hear back from you. So, all right. We're through all the, uh, all the preliminaries. Are we ready to get into some Fandango. I am, I'm there. I'm as there as the mustaches on their faces. <laughs> All right, here we go. The never heard a note of Fandango before. Excited to get into it. Here's the opening track from their debut album, Headliner. A little rollicking little piano there. I like that. A little bit of a different style for Mr. JLT. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Uh, I don't know if I would really know that it was him unless you told me. It's younger JLT. Nice little organ work there. And uh, JLT didn't do a lot of writing. He wrote, a, he co-wrote a few tunes on this one, but he hadn't really gotten kicked into high gear with the songwriting yet. Good chorus, catchy. This is like JLT's elf. You know what I mean? Except he wasn't on the front cover like this. <laughs> so, so it's a much improved. <laughs> yeah, the more that I hear it, the more that I can hear that it's JLT. Yep. I, I'm just used to him like in his prime, you know. Well, he's always not like you know, a few years younger. And as we've as we've discussed countless times when we're looking at his um, when we were doing our sponsorships deal with JLT many episodes ago, he's he's a chameleon. He can he can do any style. Mm-hmm.
Oh, here comes Ricky. Good stuff. Nice, uh, nice Blake Moore solo. <laughs> Classic Blake Cla- Moore. <laughs> Classic Blake. And all of his hallmarks. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing at this point. <laughs> I mean, so far, it's the most classic Blake Moore solo we've ever heard. He's really doing that, like Glenn Hughes. You're just, you're just. He, like he was. He's really getting into it. <laughs> Doesn't he? He sounded Hughesy. Yeah, he was doing a little bit of the Hughes thing. A little bit of that that funky growl. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, Headliner, the opening track from Fandango's 1977 album. Who would have thought we'd be here one day when we started this podcast? There you have it. What do you think of Headliner? I'll I'll uh, I'll start off headliner at a uh, I'll give it a three. Thought it was a uh, a, a good introduction to early uh, JLT and some classic Blakemore. It's the best introduction we found yet. <laughs> I'd recommend it because it's the way that we got into them into Fandango about three and a four minutes ago. <laughs> but it's um but I would say it's um. It, you know, it, it's it's not um, like you said, like neither one of us has heard a note. So who who knew what to expect? Um, so it was um, I think it was a like a kind of a decent um, light, light rocker, mm-hmm. um, I guess you could say. Um, like I said, I wouldn't have known that it was JLT on vocals until like maybe I settled in for, you know, a couple of verses. And then I started to hear it a little bit. And that's obviously because he's younger and you know it's a, a little bit of a different style for him but it's like you know it, it's good you know it's it's good stuff um um and then you know i i thought i actually all kidding aside didn't think the solo was good because i like that little yeah. bit of delay that was on it like it's i i love like 70s guitar solos and tones like that you know they're kind of you know they add a little extra punch into a song that's not necessarily as um overtly heavy you know so yeah that nice little like repeating like little repeating run that he was doing and uh yeah i mean i was feeling himself yeah i think it's uh yeah i don't know what i what i expected but i think it's it's not like wildly apart from what i just expected i if you played it for me i don't know that i would even know it was jlt unless you told me to listen for it uh but you know great he JLT always puts in a great performance. So I will give it, I'm going to give it a, a, a generous 3.5. Uh, I, f- I felt like it was a, I, I liked what they were going for with this one. thought it was fun. All right. The next track up on Fandango is a track called down, down, down. Sounds very familiar so far. This one's featuring Santos on congas. Ooh, Santos. Santos. You 
and Don Payne on bass. It's got this really nice kind of like smooth, like soft 70s, like kind of a soft rock type of a sound. Good production, too. Dare I say I'm getting like a strong yacht rock vibes from this. Yeah, the kind of like the AOR rock thing was kind of creeping into my into my mind, but I was trying to resist saying it. Yeah, it could very well be like a, you know, Loggins and Messina sort of, sort of situation. Loggins and Turner. <laughs> Loggins Turner project. <laughs> Loggins Turner Messina. <laughs> I mean, he could have easily, if he hadn't gotten snatched up by Rainbow, maybe that's where he would have ended up. He would have been doing records with, like, Michael McDonald and stuff. I mean, we obviously know he's good enough. And the songwriting is actually really strong. This has got, like, really good, like, almost Steely Dan vibes to it. I could hear Donald Fagan singing the song. Another revelation is that salty licorice and beer is actually a pretty good combo. There we go. Wow, that sounded like Richie. Uh, <laughs> he threw it, Ricky. Rick, he threw in like a little Arabic scale there. <laughs> I love now. Anytime he does like, play like one note, we'll be like, hey, look, it's Richie. <laughs> Oh, I, I think I hear the congas. Shh. Oh yeah, I can I can I can notice the sound of Santos's fingertips any any time. He's still going. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like he's, oh. he's like, oh crap, are we at the chorus yet? Uh, I, or he's like, I'm not stopping. I, def- I get I- paid by the beat. <laughs> I got paid by the paradiddle. I feel like I've had people on the, like, like when we used to record with Dan, it would be one of those things like I'd play the, I was like, you want me to tell you where the guitar solo is? He's like, nope. And you just press record and you just solo over the entire song. So I'd have to get very good at like only fading him in during the guitar solo and then fading him back out because... I mean, you know, Dan, he's, 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 a, he's a monster player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this song was written by LaRue and Blakemore again, just like the opener. Ooh, put it like a little fuzzy sort of... He's like way over on the left channel too, like the guitar. What's the other guy's name? What Larue? Denny Larue. Demi Larue. Almost, almost sounds like Glenn Hughes. 
<laughs> a little. <laughs> Demi LaRue, Ricky Blakemore. <laughs> We're going, this could be the alternate Deep Purple Mark III. <laughs> yeah. Dirk Smotherdale. <laughs> Dirk Cloverdale. <laughs> Dirk. <laughs> Dirk. <laughs> uh, another another Boogie Nights reference. Um, okay, <laughs> down, down, down. What do you? How do you rank that one, my friend? Well, I say put me down, down, down for a three for this one. Right. Um, uh, another another pleasant track. I enjoyed it. Um, I would say like so far nothing. Um, I don't hear anything like outstanding quite yet, but it's definitely like when, when we're listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely like when you said yacht rock, the, mm -hmm. I was thinking at the same time, like, yeah, this is something I would put on like driving around during the summer, um, you know, hanging out by the pool, like something where you want like some kind of nice, light, easy listening where you're just like, you get to chill out and you're just like, yeah, this is, this is nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one another 3.5 because I'm I'm digging the I'm digging the vibe. Um, I don't know if they're gonna just kind of hover in this area through the whole album or if they're gonna mix it up at all. But so far, it's it's a kind of a cool cool kickoff to the album. Nice nice gentle relaxing kind of start. Not not a challenging yeah. listen by any means. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a, it sets a really good mood so far. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad about it if it kind of stayed in this this area this wheelhouse. No, not at all. And you know who else wouldn't be mad about it? The people featured in the next song, Jesse and Will. Like a Dreamweaver sort of vibe already. And this is one of the ones with the strings conducted by Beck's father. Blakemore solo composition. Wow. Really? Yep. I can imagine a song where Richie Blackmore wrote the lyrics. Clearly a song about some scoff laws. I was trying to read my uh, my record sleeve copy here, but I, I couldn't really uh, make it out. It's like the gentlest song about scoff laws I've ever heard. I think it's a sad story. It makes me feel like in the end they're going to drive off a cliff together holding hands. 
Ah, Jesse and Will. Nice string arrangements. It's just amazing they had this kind of budget for this album. They must, the label must have had some faith in them because for uh, for a debut album by basically virtual unknowns, this is production's really good. Well, based on what was on the probably around the radio around this time sounds like it would have fit right in oh yeah and like we've oh here he comes ooh sounds like Deep Purple Mark 4 now <laughs> it's like you keep on moving exactly <laughs> <laughs> to Tennessee. <laughs> like we've talked about a bunch on the show, though, it's like it's when you hear something like this, it's great singing, good performances, good songwriting, good, great production. It's just a matter of why wasn't this on the radio alongside other similar songs? Does it come down to marketing? Is it, did they not put enough marketing budget behind it? I don't know, but they certainly seemed like they put a lot of their money where their mouth was in other places on this album. When they're talking about like getting a gun and going across the border, I expect them to be going to Mexico but they're going across the border to Tennessee. It's like they can still arrest you in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, but not if you're like a local coppa. <laughs> this is out of your jurisdiction, coppa. <laughs> they're just on the border going, ha ha, you stupid Kentucky troopers. You can't get me here. <laughs> Eat my dust, rednecks. <laughs> and then the Tennessee state troopers pull up behind them. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> We coordinated with Tennessee PD. <laughs> A multi-state operation to get you clowns. <laughs> All right. Ends where I can see him, Blake Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be the good. <laughs> he ends up taking out, they peel off his mask. It's actually Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Blackmore, <laughs> aka Ricky Blakemore, aka Snicky Dick Drawer. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> if it wasn't for this guy with the mustache. <laughs> All right, what do you uh, what do you think about uh, Jesse and Will? Um, while it was a um, a pleasant song, I feel like it was kind of. Um, uh, uh, nondescript. So I give it, um, I'll give it a 2.5, right. um, middle of the road. Not, um, not bad, not good. Just there. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. I, that being said, like, you know, well, well performed, you know, not a bad song, but just didn't do too much for me. 
I generally, when I saw the the name of the song was Jesse and Will, I was already like, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't like songs. Like I don't like storytelling. Like I, I don't mind songs that tell a story, but when they tell a story, like really, really, um, I know what you're thinking. Of. Obviously like, yeah, I just don't like it. Like I, and they just tell you everything like like to me one of the worst songs ever is but jack and diane <laughs> jack and diane i know you hate that american one. pie like songs like that uh, i can't stand uh you know, shooting star oh yeah yeah not <laughs> that's another one not my thing although that one doesn't bother me as much um I, no, although I do, I do like the one. the chili dogs remix of jack and diane if i haven't mentioned that on the show before have you heard that one no. And so they just they change all the lyrics to the entire song. So it's just it's like sucking on chili dogs, sucking on chili dogs, sucking on chili dogs, sucking on chili dogs, and they do the whole song just doing the sucking on chili dogs line. That I <laughs> for some reason that is less annoying to me than listening to the actual lyrics. <laughs> it should get tedious. But anyway, that being said, I really liked the song, and I thought like it told a story. Like, I like songs that tell a story in a non, like, obvious or, like, hit you over the head way where they tell a story and it's open to some interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, we still don't really know, like, what happened with these guys. That's like, all we know is, like, the, some of the lyrics, they're saying a fast goodbye, um, jumping in the wagon, taking off with a wave, strapping on a gun. We don't really know what's going on. Like, is, um, for 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 all we know, Jesse and Will are the the law chasing somebody, or or did you know did they die in the end? Did they win? Did they lose? We don't know. I like that it's open to interpretation. Um, so anyway, uh, I mean, I think because they said they're in trouble, they're probably the the, the you know the the scoff laws as they originally postulated. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 gonna give it a three point five, toying with a four because I really did I did like the the presentation of the song and uh, the orchestrations I thought were really good. So there you have it. Um, All right. Fourth track on the first side of this album is a song that is called San Joaquin. Oh, for a second there, I thought it was going to be a really funky song. (laughs) The first. (laughs) Nope. And this is a another LaRue and Blakemore joint with Lou Mondelli on tambourine and drums. Luminati? <laughs> Lou Mondelli. <laughs> ah, my mistake. So did you know that too much licorice root can kill you? Really? You know, it's a guy recently that ate like, he was eating like two giant bags of licorice a day and he just died from licorice overdose. How the hell does that happen? You have to eat a lot of licorice. I guess so. I think I'm pretty safe with the six pieces I'm going to have tonight. Yeah, I think you're good. If I keel over halfway through the show, call 911. Because Jen will just assume we're running late. 
<laughs> when I don't come upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime around 9 30, 10 o'clock, she might start getting a little worried. Odd that they had to bring out an out, bring in a ringer to do the tambourine on this track. Like no one else in the band could have handled it. I've never heard of a ringer for tambourine. He's the best. And even by tambourine standards, this is a pretty. <laughs> Guys, we're calling Mondelli in for this one. Mondelli, you think we need him? He's the best of the best. Now listen to that. There's tambourine and then there's Mondelli tambourine. <laughs> and that right there, my friend, he's just too damn good. Any schmuck can wave a tambourine around the air, but this guy becomes one with the tambourine. What's the lyrics on this one? River run golden. You'll bring back my lady. Roll on San Joaquin River. It seems to be a song about a guy who's at home with his family and he's bummed so he goes gambling and then he doesn't do so well and I don't know if he jumps into the river or what. <laughs> some, I don't like, know. Uh, some really heavy content here. He's talking about, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I get poorer the longer I remain, but the more I stay, the less I want to go. And then he's like, the dice are rolling hot when Lady Luck's your partner. It's not a friend of mine and all this. And then, and then he starts singing about a river. And I don't know what the river has to do with it. Maybe he's in a riverboat casino. Hey, just like Ozark. Oh, I've, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about that show. Maybe one day I'll watch it. It's good. So I've heard. I won't spoil it. I'll just, or maybe I just did. Oh, I know it's. Good. Oh man, no. I know it's. I can't watch now. <laughs> With spoilers ahead. I need to. It's good. I need to not know. Maybe it will be crappy. Um. All right. What do you think about Sam Joaquin? I won't be going anytime soon. To San Joaquin River? Yes, 2.5. All right. Um, once again, not a bad song. Um, actually, toward the end, I was really appreciating the, uh, the vocals. Um, I mean, I think everything on the album is just sounds really good. It's just it's not really it's not really my jam. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I know that. Uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be heavy. You know, I, I know that that's probably what some people are thinking is I don't like it because it's not heavy. But I mean, it's it's really it's just this style doesn't really yeah. interest me that much. You know, it's just kind of like that light rock uh, the type of stuff. It's just it's none of the songs are really hitting it yet. Um, the yeah. first couple I thought were really 
were really good. But then these next few were kind of just kind of cruising along. You know, it's kind of that same formula. I think this is what we're going to get for the whole album. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be anything wildly different. Although I'm thinking I keep thinking of like Elf where he throws in like, a you know, one song per album. It's like, whoa, you know, just this kind of out, out of left field. And then it goes right back into the mm-hmm. honky tonk after that. Um, but I mean, you know, if not... um Unbuckle your seatbelts. This is going to be a slow, easy ride. (laughs) Yeah, definitely uh, strong, easy listening vibes. Um, It's kind of like, you know, like Alexis by Tommy Bolin or James Gang, I should say. Um, Mm. One of my favorite Tommy Bolin songs. One of my favorite songs. Love that song. But if the whole album was like that, it might. You know what I mean? I think the one of the things that. Well, two of the things that make that song so great are one is it's in an album where it really stands out as being a little bit of a departure and a mm-hmm. little different. And then the yeah. other thing is like it throws in like something at the end that's a really, you know, that really heavy outro where he's, you know, doing that great solo, which does, it almost doesn't fit in with the song, but it's but at the same time, it's perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it having does. having stuff like that, like if you threw in maybe maybe not this song that we just listened to, but if you threw in one of these other ones in an album of otherwise different material, it could really like uh, Jesse and Will, if that was like in, a, in an album completely out of character from 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 that song, it could it could be a real standout. Um, uh, I will give this one a two point five as well. Uh, definitely not not my not my favorite on the album so far. Um, but the next one has a title that really promises to change the vibe up a little bit. We'll see if it delivers on that promise. Mm-hmm. And this song is called Life of the Party. It sounds pretty easy listening so far. Sounds like a wife swapper party. <laughs> yeah, throw your keys in the bowl. I, 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 I'm not familiar with the kinds of music they play at wife swapping parties. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing. This one, this one is actually co-written by Turner. Nice. Oh, wow. Oh, man. (laughs) This is a guy about a guy embarrassing himself at a party. Are they going to mention anything about a lampshade on his head? some wild themes on this album but the music is not matching up to the content in terms of wildness but that's okay I like the idea that they're they're at this party and everyone else is starting to go home and this guy's just got a silver saxophone and he's <laughs> so is this like a party at somebody's house? Like it's like, oh god damn it! Craig brought his freaking saxophone again. He just starts wailing on it in the middle of a party. And as a, somebody much. with a son who's playing saxophone right now, who just busts it out every so often, it's not a quiet instrument in the house. <laughs> this guy's. 
I can just picture like like the the wife like like sitting on the on like the couch like holding her head like oh my god when is your freaking friend gonna leave why did you invite him to this he's still playing the saxophone he's like he says he has to wait up for his lady like could he do it outside like what's going on <laughs> So he's kind of like the sad story of this guy playing saxophone at a party, driving everybody away, waiting for this woman that's going to show up. He's like, oh, she's got really blue eyes. She's beautiful. And they're like, uh-huh. There's no lady. Why? Wow, the life? He's like doing all these like... <laughs> he's like, hit it! And he plays this really mellow volume swell solo. <laughs> this, that was not a hit it moment. <laughs> hit it! He should be like, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Blakemore on guitar! <laughs> He's doing these little whole note bends. <laughs> I love the vibe of this song though. I'm loving it. No doubt. <laughs> I love how you crack up every time that friggin' sax I know, comes I on. I know, because I just pictured this guy at a party, like, holding up, like, just going around the party with his freaking saxophone like some sort of weirdo. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right, to close out side one, that was life of the party. John, what are you, you going to rank this one? Well... This was my kind of party, man. You had some, you had some easy listening. Got a couple of uh, sexual encounters. <laughs> I mean, what could be, what could be better? We had a ripping Blakemore solo. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a, a little bit more than the other one, so I'll, um, I'll give it a three. All right. Um, I, I really like. Um, when I was honed in on it, like the, I think some of the songs are going on a little, um, or they feel like they're a little long, maybe because they're kind of mellow. But um, I like the, I like the uh, JLT's uh, vocals in this one. Yeah, and that that one was, you know, it was almost five minutes, so it was, it was a little long. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. I I liked it. Um, I'm gonna give that one a three point five. Another one teasing a four with me, just because I. I really like the vibe of it, and I thought it was really. Um, this is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, not really. Um, I was expecting Life of the Party to be a little bit more, um, but you know, I guess it's it's you know it's not Life of the Party like some you know really upbeat song because it's like from that guy's point of view. It's more like this point of view of like talking about this guy that's the life of the party, which <laughs> in my <laughs> estimation is like not necessarily a good thing by the, by the person telling the story. Like, Oh God, this guy's the freaking <laughs> life of the party. Right. <laughs> Please help us. Um, but yeah, it really reminds. So there's, um, do you know ween at all? The band ween? I mean, I've heard of them, but 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of them. Their music is all over the freaking map, like stuff that's like way out there that like I know you would hate and then stuff that's like really like upbeat and heavy and stuff that's they're like they sometimes they're super silly and weird and out there and sometimes they're just really um uh you know serious but they have this song called um I think it's called Your Party or The Party or something like that and um it's at the end of one of their albums I can't forget, remember exactly which album but it's very similar vibe to this song but it's it's done in like a really it's like it sounds like a super serious song and saxophone comes in just the same way as in this one um but he's just he's just telling the story of being at like a like an average dinner party but he's telling Mm -hmm. it in like this super serious way like how serious he is about this party and like that he's there and he's like i'm thank you for inviting me and everything it's just it just sounds like a really boring <laughs> party <laughs> and i think that's why yeah, I, it's I really like this like song. a real grown-up party yeah yeah ex- exactly it was like almost like yeah it's like this is my first grown-up party thanks for inviting me sort of thing <laughs> and um but it's it's just sounds like a, just any lame party that anyone would have gone to um and it really reminds me of that song we'll have to listen to that at some point um Okay, <clears throat> so the next uh, track, we'll flip over the old record, and that's going to bring us to the opener of Side 2, and this track is called Shadow Boxing. I love you. I thought I was going to say, I love the blues. <laughs> <laughs> He's really doing that growly thing a lot in this. I like it. Say shadow boxing with my mental lover. I thought he said my phantom lover. Oh, oh, that would make a lot more sense. <laughs> my mental lover? Yes, yes, it is phantom lover. That makes a lot more sense. So does he just, is he just wanking it? Is that what he's talking about? Like phantom lover? It's a new term for it now. Reminded me of something I can't quite place. No left hook is gonna lay her low. Hmm. 
And that one was written by uh, Blake Moore and LaRue once again. So shadow boxing. What do you think of this one, John? Well, <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah, there's, well, we have a few more here. Jeez. <laughs> the the yeah, Fandango the fatigue has set me. in already. Yeah, 2.5. <clears throat> Like I'm not, I'm not hearing anything that really moves me. Like, you know, I, once again, decent performance, decent song, but I mean, I'm getting kind of like, I'm looking at, what are we looking at? Like f four more songs. Yikes. Yeah. It's dragging a little bit. Yeah. It's a 10 track album. Um, I agree. Uh, I, I give this one, I guess. I give it a three because I, I feel like with the San Joaquin song, it was quite long. This was a three minute mm -hmm. in and out song. So it was, you know, the, the chorus wasn't my favorite. It was, you know, but it was okay. It was everything on this so far has been really competently done. But yeah, it's that easy listening thing. It's they're not mixing it up very much from that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to trying to be mean. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just it's it's average. Yeah, it'd be some, know, if, um, definitely something for the background so far. Mm. Um, that takes us to the next track on this side, which is a track called Helpless Heart. think these guys have a gambling problem this one is written by Myers LaRue and Blakemore so maybe he's maybe the gambling is a metaphor gambling with love Right, not actually go into a casino. I do like a good song about gambling, though. Like Go Down Gambling by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Phenomenal track. We got Lou Mondelli not only on tambourine, but on hand claps on this one. So watch out for that. The best, best hand clapper in the business. <laughs> Once he puts those sausage fingers together. <laughs> or to be like um, sausage fingers, what would this guy be like? Patty palms? <laughs> 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 it could be, yeah, sausage patties instead of sausage links. See the links, patties versus links.
Hop. There's a hand claps. Is he the only one clapping? <laughs> like give this give the guy a hand. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Some, you know, <clears throat> standard song about not breaking any, uh, any new ground, really, <laughs> lyrically. Song metaphor for love using gambling and stuff like that. I feel like if that were, I feel like that were a song that could have been like on the first <clears throat> Coverdale album. And he would have had like gospel singers, oh, yeah. you know, during the fade out and stuff. Yeah, I could hear that. But I mean, this this uh, you know it didn't didn't have as much uh, didn't have as much punch. No, and I, you know I think that that song on an album with like the the great thing about the White Snake album is it's so kind of all over the place. It's diverse. It's got lots of different sounding songs. It's got like the epic ballad. It's got like the rocking party songs. It's got. Mm-hmm. Rockers, it's got all stuff all over the place, and 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 this one is kind of in the scope of everything else going on is just kind of a little samey to say the least. So how you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's what's it that that's what it is. Is the the album overall doesn't really have dynamics. Like it just yeah. all the songs are kind of the same. Yeah, there's not a lot of everything's very similar tempo, similar style. Um, there's not a lot of. Uh, which I, that that song on the Elf album? What the heck was it called on the first Elf album? Um, uh, now, uh, Nevermore. Like Hoochie Coochie Lady, or Never, oh, okay. Nevermore was the name of the song. Who <laughs> not Hoochie Coochie Lady? He was a Hoochie Coochie. Um, but that yeah. that song like sticks out and it's like wow it like it's got that like blind man's sort of uh vibe to it mm-hmm. and it's really cool and then it goes right back into rock or, or, the honky tonk stuff right after that so um anyway this album helpless heart right. what do you give it um another another 2.5 yep i agree 2.5 yeah, that's rubber stamping mm-hmm. it 2.5 um you know it's again it's in a vacuum it's a totally decent song um nothing bad to say about it but yeah it's just kind of getting a little uh, getting a little old at this point good next up the longest song in the album um if this was a warhorse album that had me really worried um but we'll see maybe maybe they're gonna try something a little different with this track which is called devil rain doesn't sound like it so far (laughs) (laughs) this one is a larue and blackmore written number again Blake you said Blackmore. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Slip of the tongue. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Coverdale. 
There's a, that sort of thing with that like piano intro is something they could do with like a really uh, <clears throat> like a fake out sort of thing and go into something completely different, but they did not do that. But I mean, clearly that that wasn't this type of band. No. There we go. All right, a little bit more. Yeah, a little, little bit more upbeat, a little more power to it. Turn the bongos in there. Got to be Santos again. No, it actually doesn't have any credits for this one. Yeah, this is a nice little upbeat. Little walking bass line. I like it. You can stop your rival with a gun? Yes. I, mean, I guess so. Standard Turner fashion, he's not phoning in at all. And he's he's given everything he's got on all of these tracks, even though most of them aren't written by him. Nice composed solo. key change there I think it was a key change only halfway through the song though it just makes me wonder at this point we're halfway through the song are they gonna change it up? Cause yeah, what else is like, there? This could very easily end on this chorus here. So what? What's going on? I think we're gonna find out. Here we go. It'd be funny if you start playing the Will and Grace theme. Sounds like it. it uh, I know, that's why. I... Will and Jesse theme. Oh. Okay.
I mean, so far, I mean, there's a lot of jamming going on here, but it's kind of just jamming for jamming's sake. It's, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere or achieving anything. a nice change of pace though it's like you yeah. know picking up the tempo it's rocking you know kind of and you know honky tonk rocking we've made this observation about other songs in the past it seems like this song could have ended a couple of minutes ago and that they could have saved this kind of little jam for the live set and it would have been great sure All right, John, what do you think about Devil Rain? Um, I'll um, I'll give this one a three, um, despite its length, um, mm -hmm. which usually I would take off points for. But, um, you know, this one was a little more a little more interesting, like that it was a little more up tempo, that they did a little bit of a jam. Did go on for too long, but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you gonna do? That's Fandango for you. Um, yeah, I'll give Classic this one. Fandango. <laughs> I'll give this one a three too. It's it's you know it 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 fits in with the rest of the album so far. It's the album is pretty. You know I I give it another listen or put it on. It'd be a nice album to set a mood and have on in the background. But yeah, so far not just like not super jumping out. Not not a lot mm -hmm. jumping out at me on the album overall. Um. Next, second to last track on the album, a nice uplifting number called Misery Road. <laughs> Doesn't sound very miserable. <laughs> the marimba. Lou Mondelli's back for the marimba, baby. Congas and Timbales, too. Is that what he's doing? This is like Island JLT. He's got the floral print buttoned up shirt. Drinking something out of a coconut. Island JLT. <laughs> he's on Island time on this one. I'm on island time, man. That's the Ducci on the left hand side. <laughs> 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 the only thing I, I don't see anybody credited for steel drum so I'd love to hear a steel drum solo well maybe we'll get a marimba solo that'll be second second best suddenly in the mood for a pina colada yeah you know with the float because they never make it strong enough give me a little rum float on there little rum give me a little rum float and um and also a shot of rum 
for, after that, for good measure, another shot of rum. Leave the bottle. <laughs> A lot of lonely gamblers in this band at this point. <laughs> we'll know if they're doing, by the next Fandango album, if they're doing songs about groupies or whatever, they'll know that they're working through their problems. There was another one? I think there's two or three more. Yikes. I mean, I'm really hoping that it's a case of like this this would be like the first trapeze album yeah well this is a bit of a step up from the first trapeze album no but i mean like but you yeah, know, this would be like that one style that i'm not crazy about and then the other two would be like more hard rock and yeah i think i think wait a minute so they do have the steel drums in there no i think that's the um marimbas sound similar Oh, okay, okay. I mean, they got the, they kind of got the effect in there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can achieve that effect pretty easily with a marimba. Almost cares like an accidentally on purpose sort of vibe on that one, that island vibe. Mm-hmm. I like, I like, I like the, and that's another perfect example of like. <laughs> unfortunately, they're all kind of on this album. The same. If you if you peppered that into an album, that was of a, of a of a varied style, it would be cool a cool little departure. Um, but it's a little similar to a, a lot of the other stuff we've heard. Misery Road, John. What do you think? Well, I can't say that I was miserable listening to it, but 2.5. Um, boy, it was slow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oof. Like, this is definitely, like, background music. Like, I'm starting to feel, I'm, like, tired. I'm, like, we're almost done. <laughs> Hopefully you don't fall asleep before the next. <clears throat> it's bringing me down, man. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know much else to say. I'd also give it a 2.5. Yeah, just another very similar tempo, similar vibe. Um, mm-hmm. good, good tempo and a good vibe, but for an entire album it might be a, a little much. Um, but Hey, we've only got one track left. It's called going down for the last time. Let's hear it. Now, now they're bringing it down. They're bringing down the tempo. Oh, it's the last song. Let's go out on a low note. <laughs> we've been rocking too hard this whole album. <laughs> and this one is written by uh, LaRue and Turner. Never really knowing what we left behind. 
They're really setting it up for this grand epic closing here. I mean, here we go. <laughs> they're, they're closing it up the same way that they uh, opened it. Yep, going out with a going out with a thud. sitting around like holding out hope that there was just going to be like a a rocker on this album or anything but I mean after like the first few songs I'm like nah like very unlikely yeah but I mean I guess like this will be have to be the something you have to be in the mood for you know yeah well like we said you know well performed well produced well done overall But there's there's certain styles of music where it can all sound very similar to me. And sometimes I find like if I on repeated listens, I can kind of I, I like feel a different vibe from different songs a little bit better. Or some albums just take, sure. you know, are a little bit more. They're a grower. You know, they need to grow on you. But you know, overall, this has been pretty uh, a pretty mellow you know, because even like yacht rock songs, there can be some pretty rockin' yacht rock songs that have like up tempo and. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like this, this song would be good if I were like going through like a breakup. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> My buddy used to uh, in the Napster days. He'd have depression sessions. He just do- he just download a bunch of sad songs and sit there and listen to them and like sing along and like drink like when he, when he, a girl broke up with him or whatever. <laughs> He'd be like, oh man, he's having a depress. <laughs> he used to he used to basically just lived at our apartment, so me and my roommate would be like, oh, he's in there having a depression session again. Oh boy. And if he had known about this song, I think he might have played it. Oh boy. Going down for the last time, John. What do you think about going down for the last time? Well, I feel like this will be the last time I listen to this song. Um, 2.5. So, what about you? Yeah, 2.5. Same. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, 2.5. I mean, I just have to, like, you know, like, I guess reiterate, it's it's not for lack of uh, them 
being poorly written or performed, like, you know, JLT's good. I would just rather hear JLT doing what we know him for. Yeah. Uh, what You know, what he's known for with us. Um, yeah, this just like, I don't know. This does not pump me up. No, no. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's to be expected. Um, you know, it's, this is like a very, a pretty unknown album from 1977 featuring somebody at the very, very beginning of their career. And quite frankly, a bunch of people in there that didn't, most of whom didn't really go on to do anything outside of this band. So, um, for what it is for the ages and experience levels of everyone involved, I think it's incredibly well done, but yeah, overall, not a, not an album that jumps out or stands out to me. Right. All right, folks, well, you know what that means. While John tabulates up the results and sees where this stacks up in the pantheon of albums covered so far, we are going to go through and thank our core level, I'm sorry, foundation level patrons at the $3.33 halfway to evil tier. We have none other than Raf Calf. At the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, Peter Gardot, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Duncan Leesk, Stuart McCord, Flight of the Rat Bat Blue Light, Ivan Fjellbu. Rar Simonson. And of course, the patron upgrade himself, JJ Stenard. Coming in at the $1 made-up name tier, we have the buried down, down, down Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Spike the Rock Cat, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, Spike's Mom, and Blackmore's Tights. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. We would not and absolutely could not do it without you. All right, John, where does Fandango rank? Amongst the albums we've covered on the show so far. So this this um this ranks in one of the lowest ranked albums. Sixth, sixth lowest. Boo. Oh well. But anyways, um where it falls is interesting. So it's a um it's a little um a little below uh, uh uh shades of deep purple. I'm sorry, above. Um but Nick Simper's Fandango <laughs> is right after it. There you go. Just edged out by Nick so Simper. The fan, the fa- yeah, Nick Simper's Fandango, I, well, apparently we liked it better. And let me take a look. Nikki edges out Ricky. <laughs> I, I liked it slightly better. And so did, so did, did you? Um, yeah, no, you liked them about the same. I liked, I liked Simper's Fandango slightly better. Um, so that's that's kind of funny that the Fandangos are like uh, right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Very interesting turn of events. We need to do um, ZZ Top Fandango next to see how that would stack up. My guess is but, it would be um, significantly higher. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's um it's funny because you have all of the the like the first like you have all the Mark One albums hanging out down here, and then like like breaking them up are the two fandangos pretty much <laughs> that's right it's the first three uh yeah the first oh no it's it's a uh, concerto talison and shades yeah yeah broken up so, by nick semper 
Nick Simper and uh, JLT. Oh my God. Um, I, I think though that like the, like why you got to kind of take it with, take it, you know, at face value is, is because um, the reason that the albums I think sit in the places that they do are for different reasons, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess you could say that all of them, we were you know, we didn't find them particularly interesting, but you know, like uh, shades of deep purple, the, you know, I just remember saying like the production wasn't that great or, you know, Richie was, you know, playing the guitar like he was having a spaz attack most of the time, you know, like, <laughs> like this one is like the, like the performances and the production was good. Yeah. Um, you know, the songwriting was good. It's just not really my style. I wasn't feeling it. Right. Um, as much. So, you know, do, do with that what you will. And I will. But yeah, <clears throat> interesting to hear JLT at the beginning of his career. Um, be interested yeah. to hear the other albums and see if or how much of a progression there was um, from the next few albums. But we will probably not be getting to those for quite some time. Um, but yeah. Right. Well, with that, John, yes. I think that's that's the thing. That's all I got this week. How about you? Um, I'm. I got nothing, you know, I mean, I wish I had a, I wish I had a review, a clipping, <laughs> more commentary, a clipping, um, you know, a clipping from the local, from the local news. I don't know. I, I got nothing. Every time it was like anything else, John. And then I'm like, I just run out of witty <laughs> shit to say, you know, it's especially at the end of the episode, you're all spent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm spent from, I don't know. trying to <laughs> I'm trying to stay awake <laughs> through the low tempo well, you know songs. What? Well, yeah, it was, yeah, it's because they're low tempo. So it's not because they're bad. It's just, it's, it's a very mellow album. Like I was yes. like, so some of the songs I was thinking like, you know, I could just like lay back and like close my eyes and be like relaxed to this. Yeah. So and I, I think see if this is having on, that kind of effect on me. Sometimes so. in the middle of the night, if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll put on a sleep meditation. Maybe I'll put on Fandango instead. Hmm. See if see if that's on Spotify. If not, I'm gonna have to put it on my phone. Fandango. Let's see here. No. Oh yeah, I think I looked for them before. Yeah. It's like uh, there's a band Nothing. called Fandango, but it's not. It's a different band called Fandango. Mm. Their albums are from like 2015. Um, oh well. All right. Well, with that, I'll bid you adieu, John. Have a great night, and I will talk to you next you week. Too. Yes, we will. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Look at you, man. You're a freaking hot commodity this week. Thanks for making time for me. (laughs) Hey, this is my main gig right here.